Hi, and welcome to SEPA Stories. All right, so in this episode, I'm going to have a real treat for you, and we'll be breaking and having some pauses as I read the story. So this, I was so excited when I read this, and I really love I love the story. I'm a huge fan of Hermione and Severus pairings, and I um, it really depends on the story, you know, how it's written, how it works for me. So this one worked for me because there is some time progression and development of the characters, and I just thought this was really well written. So the title of the story is called His otter and this is written by hero chick 007 it is the coolest pin name i think that's awesome that rocks okay so the summary that was provided with this piece of fan fiction is as follows it says the first time severus sees the otter is one of the worst nights of his life he knows spirit animals lead one to their soulmate. So why won't the otter do the same? And there are warnings for suicidal thoughts and thoughts of self-harm. It is a Hermione Granger Severus Snape eventual pairing or um, that they're meant to be together. This is rated M. The language is in English. There are elements of hurt and comfort. And of course, I love romance. I am a closet romance lover. I have to admit it. I'm admitting it here. Yes, I do love a great and wonderful and wonderfully written romance. Uh, we do have, this has like, right, well, it looks like this was published on May the 16th. And as of that day, 54 people hit this as a favorite. We have 20 followers. This is a completed story, so you can tell that this is already a pretty popular piece, and it's really just recently written. And I think you're going to see why this story is um, so already well-liked. It's, it's just a really good story. Okay, so at least I think so. So I hope you will too. So you can find this fiction on of course, uh, fanfiction.net, www.fanfiction.net. If you have a membership, since this is rated M, it may ask you for permission to read it, and you have to say proceed, and um, to be able to read the stories that have more adult content. I'm not certain if this one is also on archive of your own. I'm wanting to say that it was when I was looking up the details on this and trying to reach out to the author to get permissions to read. So you want to check out Hero Chick 007. This writer has a lot of really nice written stories and I like, like I said, Harry, um, I'm sorry, Hermione and Severus pairing. So this, like I said, really was a, a fun place to, to find a variety of different stories. Okay, with that, I want to get started uh, to read this wonderful fan fiction, and I really hope I do credit to this wonderful and really fun and romantic story. So, this is called His Otter by HeroCheck007, and we will begin now. The first time he saw the otter, he was staring at his fragmented reflection in the mirror. He has already shattered the mirror with his hand. He stared into the shard he'd picked up off the floor. 
It ended in a jagged point with sharp edges on either side. He could just end it all right now. He knew the guilt would never disappear. He'd always known it was his fault she was dead. He could end it all now, never have to carry that burden, join her in whatever afterlife there was. He brought the glass to his wrist. A movement behind him caught his attention. He turned and saw a silver otter, much like a Patronus. It stared at him for a moment. What are you? he whispered, reaching out to touch the strange creature. It flicked before disappearing entirely, leaving him to wonder if it had actually been there or if it had just been a grief-fueled hallucination. Either way, he set the glass down, forgetting its siren song for the moment. That night, the otter had saved him. That night, everything changed in Severus's life. He took the position teaching at Hogwarts, knowing one day her son would grace his lab. One day he would have to make good on the promise he'd made to protect the boy. Severus took another swig from the bottle. Well, at least he tried to. The bottle was empty at this point. He threw it against the wall. The trial had been a nightmare. He'd been cleared only because of Dumbledore. It was bad enough he owed the man for some stupid promise he'd made, a promise Dumbledore hadn't even upheld. Now he owed the madman his freedom. The shards of the smashed bottle sparkled in a flickering firelight. He summoned one and studied it. The memory of that night filled his mind. He remembered smashing the mirror, how he'd almost ended it then and there. A smile crossed his face. I can't do him if I'm dead, he laughed. Maybe it was the alcohol talking. Maybe it was the stress finally getting to him. He brought the glass shard to his skin, and a brief second before actually cutting himself, Severus felt someone watching him. He lowered the glass. Sitting at his feet was the otter. It tilted its head. What do you want? He snapped, nearly throwing the piece of glass at it. I owe him my freedom. He's the reason she's dead. He promised to protect her. He failed. The otter watched Severus scream, watched him rant about Dumbledore. It sat at his feet as he finally dropped the piece of glass. It climbed onto the arm of his chair, radiating a feeling of calm and love. Severus ignored Severus ignored it. He didn't deserve love. Finally, Severus finished ranting. Having worn himself out, he fell asleep in the chair. The moment he started snoring, the otter disappeared completely. The next time he saw the otter was in his third year of teaching. He had been sitting at his desk, grading papers. He wanted to throw half of them in the fire. The other half he could barely even tolerate. It was almost Halloween. It was almost the anniversary of her murder. He put down his quill and stared at the scrawled pieces of parchment before him. I should just quit now. Forget all of this. Who am I even doing this for? Dumbledore, he's a bloody madman. He didn't save her. The boy? The boy who could have been mine? The boy who will never appreciate anything I've ever done. Not that he'll know any of it.
Severus had almost been to the point of storming from the room when the bluish-white flash of movement caught his attention. He hadn't forgotten about that first encounter. He rose slowly, walked over to the corner. You are real, he whispered, bending down and steadying the silvery creature. He looked up at him, its eyes shining with an emotion Severus couldn't define. What are you? he asked, reaching out. This time he was able to touch it. It felt like touching lightning itself. A soft wave of electricity ran through his arm. For a moment, a brief moment, he felt love. Pure love. So that's what you are, he said, his voice full of disbelief. He'd heard of spirit animals. They supposedly would lead you to your soulmate. The very fact he had a soulmate shocked him. He'd been so sure he and Lily know apparently. Now apparently there was someone out there. Can you take me to her? he asked. The otter flickered a few times before vanishing again. I'll take that as a no, he muttered, rising. He looked at the grating. Now that he knew there was someone out there, someone for him, he realized the task before him didn't seem so horrible. Thank you, he whispered to the empty room. Severus threw the sheet of parchment into the fireplace. He'd seen the names written on the students starting Hogwarts this year. He'd known this was coming. He'd known Lily and James's son would be starting this year. Why, he muttered, why should I protect him? Why does Dumbledore even have that stupid stone here, he asked. Yep, a noise answered him. He felt the smile start on his face. The otter was back. He spun, looking for it. This time, it was sitting on his desk, where another copy of the student roster had appeared. Severus walked back over to his desk. You're back. Why do you only show up when I'm thinking of leaving this place? He asked. The otter didn't answer, but Severus swore it was more solid this time, less translucent. I need to stay at the school for some reason. Does that mean my soulmate is going to be coming here, a new professor? He asked. The otter rolled around on the desk watching Severus. Yes, it was much more solid this time. If his research was correct, that would mean he would be meeting his soulmate soon. He slowly reached out. The otter froze, watching him. Its eyes were still filled with love. Gently, Severus ran his long fingers over its small head. The feeling of love washed over him, and he could only hope the witch would feel the same once she saw him. Severus cursed. The Potter boy had almost gotten himself killed, and he'd roped the Granger girl and youngest Weasley into it. The stone was gone now. Why had the old fool even had it here was beyond him. Of course the Dark Lord would be back for it. How could he not be? Yep. Oh, you're back too, he asked, looking at the otter. It was still blue and silver, but now completely solid. He frowned. How could it be solid? Had he met his soulmate? Who had she been? He didn't remember meeting any new witches. Can you take me to her? he asked. The otter shook its head before vanishing before his eyes. Hmm. 
he murmured, wondering exactly why the creature couldn't lead him to her. Was there something else that needed to happen? Was she not ready to meet him? He hated all these questions, but for a moment, one glorious moment, his mind had been off Potter and his little gang. He wondered what preposterous nonsense Dumbledore had in mind for next year. The otter was waiting for him as he returned from the infirmary. It was curled into a little ball as if sleeping. What are you doing here? he asked. It didn't respond. For a moment he worried that something was wrong with it. There were so many other things going wrong this year. The chamber had been opened. The students were being petrified. That pompous arse of teaching defense. He at least didn't have to listen to Granger's voice. She was one of the ones petrified. He poked at the tiny otter. It raised its head, blinking at him a few times. Its eyes were dim. He frowned. What had happened to the love? Was his soulmate injured? Sick? No longer in love with him? The idea that something could have happened to her made his chest hurt. All these years, the thought of her, of finding her, was one of the few things that was keeping him from going insane and murdering Dumbledore. I'll find her. I'll help her, he whispered. But I don't know who she is. Could you please take me to her? He asked the creature. It flickered as it did before it disappeared. This time, though, it stayed for a moment. He petted it gently. It still felt like pure love as he, pin as he petted the soft fur. But now it was muted. No, you can't. You still can't tell me who she is. I will find her, he promised as the otter flickered again and vanished, leaving silver, several silvery blue strands of fur on his desk. He picked them up and stared at them. The fact that the creature trusted him enough with its own fur as a powerful ingredient meant he would have to trust it to lead him to his witch when the time was right. Idiot, Severus yelled. He was starting to think he was cursed. He had Black. He had his childhood bully dead to rights. The fact he was innocent didn't matter. He might have been innocent of his crime, but the fact he'd almost gotten Severus killed made him guilty enough. He'd been on his way to Dumbledore's office to complain, to accuse him of being behind this whole thing. The idiotic man had always favored the Gryffindors when he nearly tripped over the otter. It wrapped itself around his legs. You. What are you doing here now? Is she near? he asked. The otter yipped at him and darted off. He quickly gave up on his mission to scream at Dumbledore and follow the otter. It got to the end of the corridor before it stopped. What's wrong? he asked, looking around. The otter seemed confused. Did you lose her? How could you lose her? he asked, looking confused. The otter looked back at him, seemed to split into two otters before merging back together and disappearing again. Severus stood there trying to understand what just happened. For a brief moment, there had been two otters, meaning somehow there were two of the exact same witch. He'd never heard of such a thing happening. Even with Polyjuice Potion, it wouldn't have had that effect. Two, he whispered. She was in two places at the same time he said, his eyes widening suddenly as he realized two things. One, how Sirius managed to escape 
and two, who his soulmate could be. He remembered in the beginning of term, Dumbledore had been talking about giving a student a time-turner. Miss Granger, in particular. Using it, she would have been in two places at once. No, that made no sense. She was thirteen, fourteen. It didn't matter. She could not possibly be his soulmate. There had to be another explanation. The otter was dripping on his desk. It was dripping on his papers. Why? he asked it. Why are you wet? The otter didn't answer. Severus only shook his head. He started to grow accustomed to the creature showing up randomly. It was probably dripping because the witch was in the shower, or bathing, or swimming in the bloody black lake. He smirked, thinking about the witch skinny-dipping. She'd be in trouble, what with that stupid second trial today. He sighed, realizing he should probably go watch Prodder win the blasted thing. The stands were crowded, although there really wasn't anything to see. The otter had vanished again. He wasn't surprised. He thought he might be the only one who could see it. Wasn't that the way spirit animals worked? He wondered what his was, what his witch saw. His eyes turned to the water. <clears throat> Sorry. His eyes turned to the water, where a half-transformed Victor Crumb was dragging Miss Granger from the lake. For a moment, his heart stopped. The connection was starting to become greater. The sick otter two years ago, when Miss Granger had been petrified, the fact there had only been two of them last year, now the dripping wet otter as Hermione had been in the lake. No! She was a student! And an annoying one at that. Severus cursed as the mark burned on his arm. He apparated, fearing he wouldn't survive this time, fearing that maybe this time his lies would fail. This time the Dark Lord wouldn't need him. He arrived later than the others. He bowed to his master, the otter suddenly appearing on his shoulder. The Dark Lord made no indication he saw the creature. Apparently only Severus could see it at all. Something about the otter helped Severus get through the curses, through the interrogation. The otter didn't disappear until he was back at school, collapsed safely in his own bed. The otter hadn't abandoned him, which meant his witch would stand by him, didn't it? The otter seemed to appear every time Severus met with Lord Voldemort. He came to appreciate its company. Its presence reminded him that what he was doing would work. No witch would want to be with a Death Eater. Being a spy was a different story. He wasn't all dark. The otter hated Umbridge. It floofed itself up whenever the pink abomination was in the same room. Severus couldn't help but notice how the constant the otter's presence had become. He wasn't sure what that meant in the grand scheme of things. Did it mean soon he'd find her, or that she was thinking of him? There was something he'd read about spirit animals appearing more often if one's soulmate was thinking of them. That foolish girl. He just knew she was behind the DA. He could recognize her charm work anywhere. Just because Dumbledore either couldn't see it or pretended he didn't didn't matter. Severus had to smile, which Edgecombe certainly never was going to snitch again. 
Part of him felt he should turn Miss Granger in. Was what she'd done any better than the bullies of his youth? He found he couldn't do it. Suddenly, slowly, he was starting to admire her work, her dedication to her studies. She was sixteen now, wasn't she? Oh, it didn't matter. There was no way she was a soulmate. She hated him. Same as Potter, of course. He had to be cruel. Imagine if Lord Voldemort thought he was soft on the boy. His loyalties would be called into question faster than the otter could appear and disappear. He'd gotten it. He'd finally gotten the defense position. Never mind the fact that Slughorn couldn't brew his way out of a paper sack. Never mind how brilliant Severus was at potions. He'd finally gotten what he wanted. Soon he'd have another thing he dreamed of since his whole mess had begun. The fool had put a cursed ring on his finger. He'd be dead before the end of term. Of course, he was even more thrilled. He'd be the one holding the wand that killed the fool. The otter was sitting on his new desk. It always found him. He barely glanced at it as he got his classroom ready. Good morning, he greeted it, and yipped happily as sixth-year Gryffindors filed into the classroom. Miss Granger grabbed a seat near the front. Severus tried not to look at her. She'd grown over the summer. He knew she'd be of age soon. He'd seen her name on the list of students that would be learning aberration this term. He smiled, thinking about how difficult it could be to master. The otter disappeared as he started teaching. Horcruxes. That's how Lord Voldemort had done it. Severus couldn't believe it. Well, he could, but that was serious magic. Magic most people only dreamed of. What do you think? he asked the otter, who had suddenly appeared on his shoulder. It looked at him with a worried expression. She's going to hate me, isn't she? he asked. He knew the time was coming. He'd have to, he knew he'd have to kill Dumbledore sooner rather than later. He knew whoever his witch was, not Miss Granger. But not knowing the whole story, she'd think he was a murderer. Isn't there some way you can tell her the truth? he asked, knowing the witch probably didn't even know the otter existed. He wondered if the spirit animal she saw would reassure her about him. It was done. Dumbledore was dead. Everyone hated him. Well, everyone who wasn't on the same side as Lord Voldemort. He sighed with relief. It was over. That part of his life being controlled by Dumbledore was over. Now he only had one master to pretend to serve. One master who had promised him the headmaster position. Severus smiled. For a moment he had almost everything he wanted. Everything except the witch who came with the otter. The otter was glittery. That was Severus's first thought as it appeared before him, which meant his witch was glittery. Why would her witch be glittery? He shook his head. It didn't matter. The otter was here. That meant she was alive, hopefully safe. He knew the ministry had fallen. He and the other Death Eaters had crashed a wedding. Wedding. Witches got dressed up for those, got dazzled up for those. He slammed his hand against the desk. It throbbed. The otter spooked and disappeared. She was at the wedding, he exclaimed. I could have killed her. He whispered, the thought sobering him up quickly. The fact the wedding had been held at the burrow didn't slip his mind. 
He knew Potter had been there, therefore so had Miss Granger. The fact Miss Granger seemed to be to keep appearing, her appearance matching that of the otter, was starting to become too obvious to ignore. Be careful, he muttered, looking around his new office. He stared at the portrait of Phineas Black, wondering why he was staring back. The girl, she's safe, the portrait stated. How do you know? She's at the Disgrace's residence. How my family could fall into such dis grace the portrait rhymed sifra sighed with relief she was at grim old place she was safe the portrait kept track of miss granger severus also kept an eye on the otter whenever it appeared he noticed the otter getting thinner and worried he knew miss granger potter and the weasley boy were on the run they hadn't returned at the start of term he hadn't expected them to no, he had to deal with a whole new set of problems. Miss Weasley and her friends seemed hell-bent on causing him as much trouble as possible. He even found them in his office trying to steal the sword of Gryffindor. Thankfully, he managed to save them from detention with the Karos. The otter seemed pleased at Severus's efforts to keep up appearances while managing to keep Miss Granger's friends safe. He was becoming more and more convinced Miss Granger was the witch. She was brilliant. She enjoyed reading. She had never seemed afraid of him. He remembered one time. He remembered her defending him. He smiled. Once this is over, he'd have to sort this out. Could she possibly even love him back? The war was coming closer and closer to home. Students were disappearing. The locket was destroyed. Severus could feel the Dark Lord's scrutiny on him. He had a feeling he wasn't going to survive this war. He started brewing anti-venoms, and that's how the Dark Lord had tried to kill Arthur Weasley. It stood to reason having them wouldn't be as bad, wouldn't be a bad idea. They were here. Potter and his friends were here. He saw Miss Granger, saw her glance at him, a curious expression on her face. Did she know? Did she know there was a chance her and him were soulmates? She was gone an instant later, having disappeared into the fray of battle. He'd been right. That was his only thought as the snake reared up at him. He'd already he'd taken one of the potions he'd made. He only hoped it would be enough. He saw the world go black. He howled Voldemort. He heard Voldemort yelling in triumph. Sir, you need to wake up. Come on, I think you're supposed to drink this. The dose says to drink this. Well, not exactly here. Severus felt something cold being poured down his throat. He knew what it was, one of the antivenoms. Someone was trying to save him. He tried to open his eyes, managed for a second. There was the otter. It was sitting behind the blurry, blurry shape before him. The blurry shape of a witch slowly becoming clearer and clearer. Oh, good. You're not dead, think, Merlin. I was terrified when the doe kept flickering back and forth. It went intangible even. Miss Granger, he croaked. Don't try and speak, sir. I should explain. I, I think the doe is a soul creature. I think 
I think it might be yours. It led me here to you. I think you're stable now. Severus could hear the worry in her voice. You are the otter, he rasped. My otter, he whispered. He could see her smile. So that's what I was. Speaking of otters, she drew her wand. Expecto Patronum. Severus watched as her Patronus and otter flew from her wand. Go tell Madame Pomfrey. Professor Snape is alive, injured, but alive in the shrieking shack. Severus watched the otter dart off. Now that we've gotten that take care now that we've gotten that taken care of. Hope should be here soon. I guess we should get to know one another, being soulmates and all, she suggested, sitting on the floor next to him. He gave her a weak smile and nodded. I first saw the doe in a dream, she started to say, Severus listening as she talked about her encounters with his creature. He smiled, finding comfort in the sound of her voice, glad he'd seen the otter that night. Glad he'd put down that glass shard because he'd realized finally that he'd finally found someone worth living for. All right, let's let that sink in. And I'm going to take a quick break, and then I will be right back. All right, so hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. And um, I really hoped you liked that reading of his otter. If there was any stumbling in the story, it was me as a reader. It was not the writing. Um, okay, so I forgot my, you know, pre-fit, my, my little pre-start where I say that the writer or, or myself as a reader that, you know, we only are um, sharing a fan fiction piece that we don't own rights or characters or things. So I forgot to do that before I read that piece. So uh, please be aware it is a fan fiction piece of writing that I just read and neither the writer nor myself as the reader own any of the characters or constructs of the original works as created by Rowling. So I wanted to make sure that was there, get the legal pieces done. Okay, so a little bit about the story that I didn't cover before uh, we started reading because I was just so excited to read the story. Okay, so the author's note says, I don't own Harry Potter, so, you know, most of your fan fiction pieces will say something like this, and, you know, that basically is saying we're not plagiarizing, okay? And this piece was written, she says, this is for the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Assignment 10, Photography Task Number 2, Wildlife. Oh my god, look at this pretty butterfly in your garden. The hedgehogs and rabbits also deserve to have their pictures taken. They're adorable. And then, I'm assuming this is what triggered this story. It says, write about a character's relationship with an animal. Um, or magical creature, a pet, a service dog, newt in a suitcase full of creatures, be creative, and it says warning, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, one or two curse words, but um, it had a word count of 3,724 words, okay, so it didn't feel like it read as a long piece, and this is actually a little bit of a longer piece of, of writing that I have read. It read very easy, and it had a really wonderful flow. So things that worked for me in this commentary of his otter by Hero Check 007. I love the story. 
it um, left me feeling fluffy. <laughs> it left me feeling warm and fuzzy, actually. And I loved that the story starts off, you know, with Severus having these really dark feelings and emotions and this sorrow and grief, because we know that he's, you know, very complicated and he's a heart and damaged person. And it seems like at every point that he is either contemplating, you know, maybe ending his life, which, you know, is no, is no joke for, and seriously, a lot of people, um, depression is real and depression is painful. And this writer captures some of that, you know, in, in the aspect of Severus Snape carrying guilt over what has happened to Lily and the loss of someone that he loved so dearly and the position that he finds himself in, you know, having to serve under Dumbledore. And of course, Dumbledore didn't keep his promise in keeping Lily alive. So, you know, and he very much in this story, it's very clear that the Severus Snape in this writing piece resents Dumbledore for, you know, kind of being <laughs> uh, maybe too much or not, not really, you know, the actions that he takes seem too risky to Severus is, is how I inferred everything. I like that the otter shows up at his worst moments, you know, or his most trial, you know, his most troubling times is as he's going through his trials, the trials of his life. And, you know, I can't owe him if I'm dead. You know, he's trying to kill himself. And, you know, he snaps at the otter. What do you want? You know, and, and he's almost railing and, and arguing with the otter. I owe him my freedom. It's the reason she's dead. He promised to protect her. He failed, you know, and, and, at first, it just kind of seems like the otter just shows up and just kind of watches him, like it's almost as surprised at being with him as he is at seeing it, you know, because he questions it, what are you, and, you know, and, and what do you want from me, and, you know, this, you know, so it's, it's almost as if he's at first doubting that the otter is real, so it's kind of these flashes, I think, of this spirit um, spirit animal. And then as he's progressing, I guess, through years and time in his life, he's having more and more encounters with this spirit creature. And I like how um, the otter yips and, you know, it, it takes his side and it's, it's always there and kind of comforting. And I loved it. I love that when he reached out to touch, uh, when he reaches out to touch the otter, that it, the sentence says, it felt like touching lightning himself. A wave of soft electricity ran through his arm, and for a brief moment he felt love, pure love. And I love that because, you know, we have Severus Snape, who is such a, a dark wizard, kind of a gray wizard more than dark, because he walks on both sides. He walks that strange middle path, being a double agent, you know, where he's both dark and light, that this otter kind of sees through all of it. You know, he's, he is dealing with his frustration and his guilt and his anger, his self-loathing, his anger at Dumbledore and his denial when he starts to kind of put the pieces together that the otter, you know, is maybe representing Hermione and he's like, she's 13. <laughs> you know? And I love that. Um, 
that he's kind of uncomfortable with the idea that she could be a student, you know, because at first he's looking for a witch or another teacher um, or instructor or an associate, and, and it wasn't. The otter turns out to be, of course, we know Hermione, but getting to that point, you can kind of see him struggling with the idea because she's a child. You know, it says, no, that made no sense. She was 13, 14. It didn't matter. She couldn't possibly be his soulmate. You know, he's in denial that this magical thing could have anything to do with him, that it could be her. I loved how the otter paralleled uh, Granger as she is going through things. When she gets petrified, then the otter is kind of sick and dim. And when she gets dragged into the lake, you know, for the Triwizard event, the otter stripping all over his desk and then glittery, you know, because why are you glittery? I thought that was a nice bit of humor and a part of the story where there's a lot of tension and fear, you know, it was, it was, it was some levity and I thought that was really really well done before he realizes it was the wedding the wedding that he was at and he could have killed her and you know he puts the pieces together um I also like how Phineas Nadellis you know she's fine you know she's she and he tells Severus that you know he's she's at with Harry and and Ron at how did he call it how did we call it well, we know that, you know, she's staying at Grimold Place and, you know, of course, he keeps Severus up to date on what's going on uh, with, oh, at the, at, she's at the Disgraces residence. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a little bit of arrogance there and that, that works for me. You know, how could my family fall into such disgrace, you know? <laughs> So you have this portrait, you know, who is bemoaning the fact that Harry and Ron and Hermione are kind of crashing, you know, crashing there. I liked, I loved especially the two otters when Hermione is, this is earlier in the story, where she's using the time turner and he's mad because, you know, Sirius Black has fallen through his fingers. Even if he was innocent, you know, he had him, he had him, and... Then, of course, he sees the otter, and the otter splits into two. And I think that's the first time he kind of gets an inkling that, oh, this could be, you know, Miss Granger, <laughs> because he knew she was the only one with the time turner. So I thought these details worked very well, and the movement of the story progressed very nicely with all of these, you know, kind of events that happen across the book series, you know, being recalled in these kind of um, brief moments. So when you're reading this, the author has kind of divided these movements of time with these borders of, they look like, like zeros, but it's kind of a decorative break. And I couldn't do that, and I didn't want to call it out as I was reading it, so I hope that that was easy to follow listening to it. I really liked the romance of this story, and it was rated M, but I didn't really see anything for there to be M about, other than maybe he starts thinking of Hermione when she's still maybe about 14 to 16. <laughs> but... But then I always uh, take into account that in a wizarding world that it's almost like a Victorian age. There's arranged marriages and we know that 
wizards and wizards live very long in the wizarding world and what seems kind of um, like an unusual pairing like a I think they call it a you know like a fall and, and spring type relationship where you have an older and a younger character together um, it levels out as they get older because that difference isn't so critical when one is 50 and the other one is younger but they both get to live you know, almost 200 or whatever that it, it balances. Um, and so it can work, you know, for a fan fiction piece. I think in a way that might have been a little more di difficult than any other more realistic, um, non-magical piece of writing, you know, that the device works in a fan fiction piece because you have the, the, um, the magical aging, <laughs> the magical aging. So, so, and I loved Hermione where she says how oh, good you're not dead thank Merlin I love it when in fan fiction you know it's think the gods or plural or think Merlin or you know you, you hear strange um you hear strange terms or sayings that you know really call out that these are wizards and witches and it works you know and I think it keeps the true voice of the original pieces while still being very individual and individualized for the fan fiction piece of writing. I loved how this worked out together that she saves him by giving him the antidotes that he's made and then she starts telling him about the dough that she saw in her dreams and you know so you know that you know she's probably at this point and, and bear in mind Hermione I think had a real good time with the time turner <laughs> and so in a lot of fan fiction pieces that I read it is assumed that she's actually a little older than her real age or what her real age should be because you know she did extra classes she studied extra long you know and so she's actually a couple of years I think older <laughs> or a year or so older than the other students simply from her use of the time turner which is a convenient plot device to make the ages seem more reasonable if that is something that makes you as a reader uncomfortable you know in reading a story where you have a younger character and an older one it doesn't bother me personally I just I like the story it, it doesn't affect me one way or another but for some people it doesn't work uh, for me it doesn't it didn't matter and it didn't matter to me in this story because you know there is that well she's coming of age we know that wizards and witches in the wizarding world I think come of age at 17 is when Molly I think gives Harry uh, one of her brother's watches as a coming of age present so you know they they grow up a lot faster age-wise than what we would expect, you know, in our everyday lives or even in, in separate or different countries. You know, I think 18 is here in the United States. And, you know, and I know like pubs in Europe and in UK will let younger people in where that's not allowed here in the United States. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see um, the acceptance there. And I'm not harping on that. Please don't take it that way. I'm just kind of explaining that this is out there. Um, 
the elements of suicide and self-harm didn't bother me or cause me any triggers. Uh, sometimes when you hear the, the term trigger warning, it's something that really might make you uncomfortable, you know, to avoid it. I didn't feel that at all. I thought this was wonderfully told. I loved the flow from book to book from the series done in these snippets of activity or revelations about the otter and him kind of coming to the conclusion and realization of who the otter represented and his acceptance, first his refusal, first the refusal of the otter, then the refusal of accepting that it was Hermione, and then the acceptance that, yes, the otter and Hermione in this story, you know, that they were for each other. So it's a, it's a happy ending. And I like stories that give you you know, that feel-good, um, happy ending moment where, you know, it, it does end differently than, than maybe, you know, than a sad story would or, you know, with heartbreak, inevitable, you know, this is, it ends on a high note and that worked for me in this story. So, Hero Check 007, I really love this one. Um, it is a guilty pleasure. I do love Hermione Severus matchups. I also love, um, Hermione and Draco. I love Pansy and Neville groupings. I like Theodore Knott. Um, I love Blaze Sabini too as a fun character people play with. But this worked for me as Severus and Hermione. It was a tightly written piece that focused on the two of them and their soul creatures. And I liked that the focus stayed between these characters. And that was also something that I wanted to give kudos on the parameters of the writing and the story. It didn't take you off on a tangent. It kept you in the story, in the mind of Severus Snape. And I thought that that attention to that kind of detail was just very well done. And then calling back with such clarity, again, the um, elements that were in the canon pieces to, to add it into this story really helped to make it feel cohesive and have an easy flow and I've mentioned already how very easy this story read and was for me to read so it had a good flow the language just works well there wasn't anything I really stumbled over other than my own mouth and it was beautiful so I can't wait to read more of your stories hero check 007 so thank you so much for allowing me to share your story his otter with our listeners and I can't wait to share more of your other stories with that I'm going to call it an evening it is night where I'm at and wherever you're at if it is your morning have a great day and if it is night have a wonderful night and for our writers keep writing and our readers keep listening so please share us um follow us you know go ahead and um you know tell people that that we're doing this who are interested in fan fiction and i'll keep posting these amazing stories so have a great great list of your whatever it is you're doing sending all my warm thoughts your way thank you for listening to sepa stories <laughs>